opening day special. It's weird enough that it's coming out on a Thursday, but we have a couple great guests. We have Joey Mellows, the baseball brick, coming on to talk about UK baseball and everything that it entails, including his journey to see as many baseball stadiums as he is. You saw him on MLB Network. You can also find him on Twitter at Baseball Brit. And we also have Colton St. Vincent here to talk NL over-unders and who we think is going to win each division in the NL pennant. I hope you guys enjoy and make sure to follow these guys that come on. Welcome to Painting Corners, your weekly podcast for all things baseball. Now, here are your hosts, Austin Hartsfield and Dave Kwiatkowski. Joey Mellows is with me. Joey, you are going on basically a trip to universalize what it seems like baseball in the UK. I mean, the plan overall is to is to attend 162 baseball games, essentially a full a full baseball season on the road, um, all 30 major league ballparks. Um, I'll, I'll watch every major league team and introduce fans back in the UK to you know because we don't really have a a reason to to support a certain team over another one. And, you know, geographically we live so far away, so. I'll be at the ballparks trying to you know, essentially sell these teams to people back in the UK. Uh, and that's the overall goal is to really try and raise the profile and raise the interest in, in baseball as a sport uh, back in the UK, mostly through social media. But also uh, there's a television program that's being produced with ESPN in the USA and BT Sport in the UK called Caps Off. That's kind of kind of be a magazine show, a weekly 15 minute magazine show that's going to hook people's interest, we hope. So I flew from my home in England uh, last Sunday. Uh, to Japan, and it took 26 hours. I had to stop in Hong Kong, you know, cheap flight or whatever. Had to, had to do a layover in Hong Kong and then fly uh, into Tokyo. And I was there because it was the start of the Major League Baseball season. We, we've got Major League Baseball coming to Europe for the first time in June with the Red Sox and Yankees. Um, and I'm really trying to, you know, grow awareness in the sport, which is is quite difficult because it's on normally just after midnight with the time difference in the UK compared to, the well, at least the East Coast in the USA. So uh, I was in Japan for the two games between the Mariners and the Athletics, and then I flew to Korea, which is where I am now, for opening weekend here in the KBO. So you got to see Ichiro's very last game of his career, and and where he's from. I mean, what was the energy like in that stadium when he started walking off the field? Well, it was kind of uh, like, because the first game was on the Wednesday, and they, they were officially opened Athletics home games in Tokyo. But what, something I realised pretty much straight away, and I, I should have realised beforehand, but uh, about 90, 95% of the entire ballpark were, were Mariners fans. So it was basically two away games for the Athletics. I felt a bit sorry for them, to be honest. Um, but on the Wednesday, we had no idea that each row was going to be retiring on the Thursday. So the fans were just really excited to see him. He, um, uh, he got on base uh, with a walk. He didn't get a hit on the Wednesday. Um, and the crowd went absolutely crazy just over the walk. And then he got taken out. Um, and then on the Thursday, uh, people kind of found out during during the game on Twitter, um, a Japanese guy called um, a Japanese writer, Jim Allen. His name is he's not Japanese, but he writes for the uh, for the Japan News. He uh, tweeted out that there's going to be a major announcement at the end of the game. And I think you could kind of sense it in the stadium that people began realizing, geez, like we're about to witness history here. This is going to be Ichiro's last ever at bats um, in his in his home country. And it kind of got like a kind of weird, like emotional vibe in the um, in the Tokyo Dome, which is where the two games were um, like an outpouring of emotion. And everyone really wanted him to get that to get that last hit. 
in a Major League Baseball jersey, which he was unfortunately not quite able to do. He got run out um, as he was going down the first baseline just in a bang-bang play. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. I mean, pretty much peaked uh, straight away in terms of memories from the trip because one of the best players of all time in his home country in front of that crowd pretty special yeah so you're you're going on this trip you've already seen you've already seen baseball in a country to where it's not baseball's home country baseball is america's pastime and we're trying to make it more international japan has ichiro japan has yusei kikuchi do you think that if the uk had a guy like ichiro to represent their country do you think it would connect a little bit more and there would be more fans in the uk yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if, if, if there was just any, we're really crying out for just more media coverage. It just needs to be more accessible for people. So without necessarily searching for baseball or, you know, actively going after it, they just see it in front of them, maybe on social media or on Twitter or Instagram, or it's on the news or in the newspapers. At the minute, there's very little on most of those formats. And, um, you know, myself and a group of other UK fans are trying to change that on social media. But um, we would we would love it if uh, if anyone as you know search back in their history find a, a, a british grandmother or whatever and just claim it you know be ours because uh, you'd have you know huge support in the uk and coverage and that's what we need i just feel like the fans need an end in my opinion i know that sounds really weird but i feel like they need somebody to root for so that they can connect immediately because you know it's it's very it's a little different it'd be like you know me picking just a soccer team right now and i don't really have any connection to that team you know I just picked them, you know, besides yeah. loving the sport of baseball, I feel like there needs to be somebody that represents them or at least gets them into the game. That way they can learn and, you know, and then they can enjoy it like we do. Oh, I completely agree. And, uh, you know, that's what we're hoping the, the London series are going to bring. It's going to bring that sense of connection, uh, baseball being brought over to the UK, um, you know, the UK fans being catered for really by, by Major League Baseball. And I mean, those, those games sold out, you know, on the dot, pretty much, you know, I was trying to get tickets myself and I was just in a queue for, for well, it seemed like hours, but it's probably only about like 45 minutes, just a little circle going round and round. And all my mates were as well on Twitter. So I'd, I'm really interested to find out who these people are when the games actually take place, who, you know, who was buying tickets for this and, you know, what type of person are they? Are they are they mostly Red Sox and Yankees fans coming over for a lovely holiday or or are, is there a huge community of, of baseball fans in the UK crying out for more interaction with Major League Baseball? We'll see. Going across sports a little real quick. You had the Jags, you know, come over for a London game every single year. They seem to be gaining fans for sure. D mm -hmm. You know, did, do we think that, you know, the NFL trying to do this allowed baseball to do this? But do we think the Jags had any impact on, you know, maybe Major League Baseball looking at and be like, hey, maybe we should try playing over there because there are other people, you know, that love this game besides just American. I think, yeah, I mean, the NFL is definitely, is definitely helped because they have trailblazed, you know, in the UK and there's, there's huge support for, for all 32 teams, but particularly the Jags who have played the most in, in London. Um, but to be honest, baseball is kind of the last big American sport to really, you know, come over here. We've had, we've had the NBA, uh, those games are sold out. Like, you know, tickets for that are ludicrously expensive. Um, I, I think we've even had NHL a long time ago. I, I probably should check that, but uh, it's time for Major League Baseball to come over. We've been waiting for it for ages. So, uh, you know, I think they're quite fortunate that they can kind of follow if they want to or learn from the NFL model um, and maybe make some changes to, you know, to try and reach more fans for what is a perceived to be a slower sport, I guess. Yeah. And that, that's funny. It's, you know, we have to think about it. Do we think that the time zone, you know, the time change, the time difference, the, I guess, lack of 
coverage because the amount of time of like what time zone the games are played in plays a part in this or do we think it's just you think or do you think people that want to watch it will watch it at 12 o'clock or whenever time it comes on i mean people that know about it will definitely stay up and watch and watch the games but it's it's increasing the number of people that know about it that we're trying to trying to work on with the nfl it's different because on sunday when you know most of the nfl games are played it starts in the usa at midday i think so here in the uk that's 5 p.m in the evening or 6 p.m in the evening so sunday night people are at home anyway because they've got a working week coming up they're looking for some sport the premier league the english premier league has just finished you know the last game on a sunday's four till six so then the you know they're they're already watching sky sports or bt sport which are the two main sports providers here in the uk and then the nfl comes on so it's it's just a kind of it just comes on automatically and people are already sat in front of their TVs. Baseball doesn't really have that because, you know, most of the games are kind of, uh, you know, evening evening games or whatever. And um, the Cubs are fairly well supported in the UK because they're one of the few teams that do have a fairly high proportion of afternoon games at, at Wrigley. So, you know, that's if we could get more afternoon games or even just one day where there's just a, a heavy focus on afternoon games, and that might really help. Now that I think about it, and now that you give me like the time zone perspective there, noon games is perfect for everybody. Basically, it's perfect for everybody on weekends, at least, especially with the the amount of Americans you know, that have jobs until 4 or 5 o'clock. So not only do you start technically at a Mariners game, but you're also starting at the Seattle opening day. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite nice, really. Um, Obviously, I've seen Seattle two games in Japan, and you know, I've seen Yusei Kikuchi pitch, and he's he's a player that I'm really excited about watching throughout this whole season. Particularly how they manage his innings. He got he got taken out, I think, just shy of five innings on on uh, on Thursday in Tokyo, and therefore he kind of lost out on the win statistic. Which I know you know people the win statistics a bit of a controversial one anyway, but I felt a bit sorry for him and. I was, you know, we've, we've, we're trying to grow interest in fantasy baseball as well back in the UK. And uh, he's someone that I was really tempted to pick up, but I'm just not sure he's going to get through the workload this year. I think they're going to be really careful with him. So excited to see him pitch again in Seattle, that's for sure, in front of his home fans. Who's your favourite team? So my favourite team, it's a bit of a cop-out, but it's the LG Twins. Um, I, I lived in Seoul for four years in South Korea and their ballpark was about 15 minutes away from where I worked. So I used to go and watch the LG Twins three or four times a week, really, whenever they were at home for a homestand. And uh, they've got a smashing jersey, like with the pinstripes. And they used to have this great Twins font, very similar to the, you know, to the Minnesota Twins. But they've changed it now. So it's kind of block block capital letters across, which doesn't look as good. So they're my team. I'm, I'm seeing them tomorrow. You know, when I put this trip together, 162 games, I was, you know, I was absolutely certain that I had to see my team, the Twins, play at least once. Um, and you know, tomorrow I'm just going to be in my element. You know, they're they're playing away, but uh, I'll be there, in my full jersey and everything, just cheering on the boys. That's the best part, though, going on a going on a road game, basically. Yeah. And wearing your jersey and being in that environment. I mean, come on, you can't beat that. I'm gonna have it with the. Uh, it's mad fans. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. I'm, I'm glad that I can ask that question and you not give me a major league baseball team. Yeah, I mean, like, how perfect is that? Yeah, major league baseball for me, like. Um, I saw my first baseball game in Japan and uh, came back to Korea where I was living. And everything's in a different language here, obviously. And even the letters on their jerseys are in Hangul, which is the Korean alphabet. So I basically had to try and understand and learn about a completely new game, baseball, in a different culture and a different language as well. So major league baseball games are shown here because of the time difference in the morning. Um, and I used to you know, wake up really early, 5 a.m., whatever, to watch the 
major league baseball games and try and learn about baseball because those broadcasts are obviously in English. So I, yeah, I mean, I have watched a lot of major league baseball, but really my first, you know, my first love is the, is the KBO, the Korean baseball organization here. When we think about this whole trip, you know, it starts with the fans back home, right? It starts with the fans in the UK. That's why you're doing this. You want to raise awareness of the people there. Which team has the biggest following in the UK? Oh, without a doubt, it's the it's the Boston Red Sox, um, and that's for a couple of reasons, really. One, they're our closest team uh, geographically in terms of mileage, um, and people back, you know, in the UK with football, they always support their local soccer team. Sorry, um, so I think that's one reason. But also the fact that I don't know, there's a lot of Irish people in Boston. Irish, of course, you know, we've got that European connection, so maybe that's and they're not the Yankees, so. You know, there's three there's three reasons there, and and now they're very successful. So, of the baseball teams that do get covered in the UK, you know, you're more than likely to to read about the Red Sox as much as any other team. So, possibly that's why. So, pretty much every team has a Twitter account when it seems like when it comes to like the UK side of it, right? And I I have to say this, yeah, just because I have to give a shout out to my favorite one. I love UK Phillies. UK Phillies is great. Yeah, he's amazing. It, like it's one of my favorite Twitter follows. Who are the favorite players in the UK? Uh, I mean, with the with the online community who you know who really know their stuff, people really like Joey Votto um, for the Cincinnati Reds first baseman, just because he's so disciplined and he gets on base and uh, he seems like a really nice guy. He's Canadian as well, so he's kind of an outsider, like you know, like we all are um, to a much extent. But he's funny and clever and you know erudite. So yeah, Joey Votto, I'd say, is like a, a fan favorite. Um, back back home. Well, who better than a Canadian playing in America to represent the UK? Basically, I mean, they'd be a fan favorite. That's for sure. Well, you know, we're we're still learning about. You know, some of the players are kind of more into uh, you know European culture and stuff. I know Noah Syndergaard. There's a big UK Mets following online. They've got their own podcast as well. And Noah Syndergaard came over and holidayed in Ireland, I think, fairly recently. And he seems. I think he's obviously got European roots with the the surname Syndergaard and Thor and stuff. So. You know, he's he's another very popular guy that people like because he's fairly active on social media as well. And he seems to, you know, be into his his European stuff. Is there anywhere that you're dying to see park wise? Uh, so I'll be I'm aiming to do all 30 major league ballparks this, this summer. Um, I've been to 17 already. So, I mean, Dodger Stadium. That's one I'm really looking forward to going to just because it's kind of well, it's massive for starters. Um, and it's in Los Angeles, which is this kind of place that's glamorized a lot through movies back in the UK. So at the minute, I haven't actually planned exactly when I'm at in Los Angeles. Uh, it's going to be sometime in August, I think, but I don't have a date yet. So that one's going to be special. But um, to be honest, I'm quite excited about Tropicana down in Tampa, uh, St. Petersburg. Um, I've heard really bad things about it, Austin, but I kind of like the quirky, grungy, grimy places. So I'm really excited to see the Rays. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm I'm the same way just because I just want to see it so I can see it for myself, so I can form my own opinions about it. But you don't hear anything great about Tropicana. If you want a place that's, you know, you can feel, you know, the grit and the grime, Wrigley is actually very gritty when it comes to that. It's Wrigley's actually phenomenal. You, there's just something about walking around that place, walking around Wrigleyville. It feels old. It feels honest, and I, d- I don't know how else to describe it. It's actually, I would take Wrigley over Fenway just because I've been to Fenway a few times, I think, and maybe it's just me going to Wrigley once and forming this opinion, but I would take Wrigley over Fenway, if we're being honest. That's a massive call, Austin, considering you're a Boston Red Sox fan, yeah. mate. I appreciate your honesty there. 
no problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what puts me off Wrigley. Like, cause I've, I've not been to Wrigley yet. So, I mean, that's one with the Ivy and stuff that maybe I should be more excited about, but it just seems like it's like Chicago is so expensive, like to stay. And it's, it's kind of hard to get to, like, it's going to be super crowded and stuff. So yeah, Wrigley like is one I'm, I'm excited. Like when I actually get there, but I'm not looking forward to just, you know, all the admin about parking a car. It's like $40 in a, in a downtown hotel just to park your car there. Yeah. All the lead up, you know, everything leading up to the game, but once you get in there, right, it would be fine. You just got to get there first. Yeah. Once I get in there, it'd be amazing. I know that. Like, I, I, yeah. I am excited about Wrigley, that's for sure. But I think I'll stay up in, I think there's a place called Evanston or Evanstown, which is where North, the Northwestern, the university up there. Uh, just north of Chicago, and then I'll I'll get on the the tube or metro, whatever they have down. Um, I think I'll do it that way. So the community as a whole, when we get into this, you know, we talk about we we previously talked about the marketing of it. You know, y'all are doing the best marketing that you possibly can on social media, and they're even. I think you even told me that they're scheduling meetups so that other baseball fans can get together and hang out and realize that there there's more of what there's more of you basically. Yeah, that's right. There's a there's a really tight knit, really supportive um, baseball community, UK baseball community on online, mostly on Twitter. Um, we have all 30 major league baseball teams have have a UK uh, Twitter handle. Um, UK Phillies is is arguably the biggest one at the minute. They've got their own YouTube channel as well. Uh, but we also have these these meetups around the country, um, not just in London. You know, we're quite keen to make sure that even though you know major league baseball is coming over for the London series, that people up in Scotland, you know, people in Wales, you know, wherever they are in the UK are essentially being catered for. So people meet up in pubs and it gets promoted. And, um, you know, sometimes Topps baseball cards will kind of send some stuff over. There'll be, you know, a few little giveaways and things that people get involved with. Uh, and essentially they just watch baseball together on a normally on a Saturday night or a Sunday night, stay up late, have some beers um, and, you know, grow the community and essentially watch it with their, with their mates online. It sounds like, you know, you're going over to your friend's house to watch a game except you don't you really don't know them you know it's brand new people you know and that's how you grow the community you get people who have a common interest which obviously at this point is major league baseball and you when you go to that meetup i feel like you have two things in common right you watch you like major league baseball and second of all you don't live in the country where major league baseball is actually from so you're off to a hot start they're already having two things in common with every single person that walks in that door that's it i mean it's kind of like this underground thing at the minute where there is this small community growing community online but i mean most people uh, if they went to their place of work or whatever and tried to talk to anyone up about baseball you know they get shut down pretty early just by what what are you talking about certainly my mates from portsmouth who i grew up with none of them are into baseball at the moment so when I go home, I really, I really can't talk to anyone, which is why this online community is so important. And these meetups uh, kind of just broaden the amount of people that you can physically meet and talk baseball with in person, which is pretty special for us. I mean, anytime that you can meet somebody who has a passion that you do, it's absolutely incredible. That's why I love doing this show. That's a big reason why I love doing the show, besides usually uh, having Dave with me. And, you know, because that's how Dave and I connected. You know, we had a common interest. We were on a show. We were on a Red Sox show, actually. And, you know, we, we you know, had a good chemistry. We knew we loved baseball. We started texting back and forth. We had way more things in common than baseball. This, I mean, this game is a gateway to make great friends. And it is a phenomenal game to watch with friends because, you know, there's a lot of downtime to talk, you know, because you have time in between every single pitch and everything like that. 
But ov- overall, this, ga- this game is absolutely amazing that it can bring people together like this, not only from one country, but pretty much every country possible that it gets marketed in. Absolutely right, Austin. I mean, and that for me is like one of the big selling points I'm trying to tell people about. Like, yes, baseball, it does take three hours, but it's a lovely old time where you can sit and reflect and think and talk, have a beer, you know, have some incredible food, watch some really good action on the field as well. Um, but it brings people together, which, you know, in, in these times, you know, politically or whatever, lots of countries are pretty divided. And, you know, baseball, it doesn't care, you know, which which political party you support. It just brings people together to have a lovely time. And I think that's, you know, something we should all we should all enjoy and celebrate, really. Definitely. I mean, baseball stays out of politics pretty much as much as any sport. I find it absolutely incredible, by the way, that you can go to a different place on the map and talk to somebody about a game talk to you basically the general public about a game you know i couldn't walk outside of amarillo texas actually technically canyon texas but and ask somebody about a soccer game or a football game you know why not well they just don't know about it <laughs> yeah they don't know anything oh, really they, they just oh yeah oh yeah like soccer soccer is tremendously tiny here i don't know even I don't think it's above hockey, so I think it's probably the fifth most popular sport in the U.S., oh, yeah. which is absolutely incredible because it's number one, it seems like, everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, football, soccer, as you guys call it, you know, it's probably the most global game there is because it's so, you, you just need just a ball, that's it. And then, you know, you take your jumper off the goalpost or use a tree, you know, whatever, and it's so easy. You don't need that much space for, for, for football. Um, but uh, that's interesting that it's not that big there. Like I thought, I, I am trying to see some MLS games. I think I've scheduled about four MLS games whilst I'm over in the states, just to kind of, you know, see what see what football's like over over in the USA, as well as as, as well as the baseball that I'll be doing mostly, of course. Do you know what MLS games yet? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I've got my schedule here, so I think because we've got Wayne Rooney, like our our highest ever goal scorer for England, he's um, he's now with DC United. I don't think I'm seeing these United the way the schedule works, but I'm seeing Atlanta United FC, Colorado Rapids at Atlanta United FC, who I think are the current MLS champions. Um, and I'm also seeing the Houston Dynamo in Houston, Portland Timbers at Houston Dynamo. And I'm seeing Los Angeles FC at FC Dallas, which is fairly near you, mate, actually. All I've heard is that Portland is absolutely ridiculous. That I've heard that the Timbers Stadium is an experience that every single soccer fan needs to needs to go to. That in Seattle. Jeez, I'm in Seattle this week, but I think it's so cold there that they don't have any home games, like, you know, for about a month or so. But right. um, I'll try and make sure I add Portland, but it's quite hard to get to Portland, like in that Pacific northwest weather so i've seen them on tv where they cut like with a chainsaw i think it is like they cut through this log like yeah well and like if someone raises it above their head and they've got all these like ultra fans or whatever it looks it looks amazing like and their kit is glorious like i really like their if portland uh, are listening tim you know sort us out a jersey lads like i'd wear that all over the states that'd be fantastic <laughs> it's such a good looking one we talked about people from the uk connecting with other baseball fans you know twitter is a great place i mean is there any content that americans can access to kind of get to know the guys in the uk too oh definitely yeah i mean um there's a there's a great twitter account or and and website and podcast called Batflips and nerds a uh, really good name Batflips and nerds and they they kind of cater mostly for uh, for the existing baseball fan. Who, you know, they're very knowledgeable. The guys that there's four of them that run Batflips and Nerds. And the really good thing about Batflips is that 
anyone that's just starting getting interested in baseball can can write about the game and send it into Batflips and they'll edit it and they'll put it up on their website. It's very accessible. It's very inclusive, despite the fact their knowledge is, is, is really high. But there's also a new British podcast called Absolute Bunts, um, which has got a bit of a cheeky name, um, Absolute Bunts. And that's very much for the brand new baseball fans. So they kind of talk you through the rules. Um, like their, their most recent podcast was about the hashtags that each MLB team's just come up with. So, for example, I think the, the Phillies one is like ring the bell and the Braves one is chop on. And they were just going through, you know, it's very funny kind of rinsing each hashtag and giving it a rating. And it's a very accessible kind of fun way to learn more about the game, um, as well as the fact they go through the rules in some of their podcasts. So those, those two podcasts are fantastic. And um, I'll definitely check out the website, Batflips and Nerds. I actually think I follow Batflips and Nerds. Now that I think yeah, they're cool. really cool. They're they're yeah, they're really pretty cool. awesome. Yeah, they got a good sense of humor, and you know they engage with all the different all the different fan bases, and uh, uh, that's probably the number one place to go if you if you're looking to connect with the UK uh, community online. And I feel like I feel like them Batflips and Nerds having that inclusivity, you know, including everyone basically, and allowing them to write about this game is pretty awesome and then you also obviously have the uh you have absolute buns getting people into the game letting people learn the game and just in- introducing simple stuff like hashtags you know and talking about that and then talking about base i mean it's crazy to me it's so amazing this game and i'm gonna say that a million times but this game is amazing and that's like you know that's the kind of issue that we've got in the uk at the minute is making sure that those those fans are already into baseball are catered for um and you know as well as introducing new fans and you know not making it too threatening for them in terms of understanding all the different rules and the players and the teams and stuff so you know those two those two do a great job in making sure that everyone's kind of looked after we hope tell everybody where they can follow your journey on social media sure um so i'm at baseball brit on twitter uh, that's a hashtag I, I set up when i was i was over here in south korea you know kind of basically the only the only European guy at the baseball. So uh, I set that one up and it's still going strong. And then on Instagram, I am, I'm still getting hang of Instagram, but I'm the baseball Brit, all one word, the baseball Brit. And um, mostly on there, I'll be posting kind of stories and short little videos and clips from the ballparks that I'll go to. Twitter's a little bit more kind of writing based, but Instagram's going to be more photo video heavy. You have all these chances. You're going to advertise so many teams, not even advertise, but, you know, kind of introduce the UK into so many teams. If you're a fan in the UK and you find your team that you like, let us know. We'll post it. We'll retweet it. And, you know, we'll get it going. Let's spread the word about this lovely game that we love, that I know Dave and I love, that I know Joey loves. And, you know, let's go right on into it. Now we're to the over-unders part of the show where we talk about every single one of these teams, all 30 teams that we do have, and we kind of walk through why we think that the over-under we pick is where it is. So we're going to start with the NL West. We're going to start with the San Francisco Giants, who are a, an interesting pile of contracts, I guess, if we want to call them that, sitting at 73 and a half. I don't see this team winning 73 games, but what kind of what else, what do y'all think of it? I think, uh, I think under. First and foremost, I think right. Matt Bum has a great year. I think he's going to bounce back and win some games. But I think they lost the hit when they lost some of their veterans, even like McCutcheon. And I just don't see some of the guys like Longoria getting any better with age. So I say under, but Matt Bum has a good year. Um, I say under too. This team is just 
this team is like if you're playing MLB The Show and you were good for like two years, but you were all like, I'm putting all my money on these two years. And right. Like four years later. And you're like, oh, shit. Now what do I do? Let's sign I have people no that were good. Exactly. No farm. Let's sign people who were good in like 2009. Might as well, you know. Uh, 2009 All-Star team. They won 73 games last year. They're sitting at 73 and a half this year. They didn't get any better this offseason. I mean, they signed Drew Pomerantz. Yeah, worse. Yeah, absolutely. Losing Andrew McCutcheon, you know. And signing Drew Pomerantz. It's just it's just not good. So I'm, I'm a big under on this, so I think we all agree on that one. Uh, another team that lost a lot this offseason, Arizona Diamondbacks sitting at 75 and a half after winning 82 games last year, but they lose... Paul Goldschmidt, they lose A.J. Pollock, they lose Patrick Corbin. There's no way that this team gets 75 and a half, right? No, absolutely not. Under all the way, you just said it. Literally, they lost three key players, and they didn't replace them with anybody. Yeah, I mean, you get Luke Weaver, you get Carson Kelly, who are big pieces of the future, but that doesn't help you now, that doesn't help you this year, and you're still waiting on prospects like Duplantier and guys like that. Yeah, I think they're going to be a punching bag. Uh, for the top teams in this in this division, so I think they're very under as well. Yeah, so there we go. That, that was pretty easy. So we all agree, right? So far. Yep. Wow, we're so good at this. Uh, Colorado Rockies, a 91 win team a year ago, didn't really lose any pieces. Uh, you get one more year of experience from a guy like Kyle Freeland. They're sitting at 84 and a half. This is a weird team for me because I have a bad feeling that this team is going to regress, and there's a possibility that they don't even finish second in the West. So I'm going under 84 and a half for this team. I'm going under as well, but I want to let it be known that I feel like this could be a push and they could win 84, 83, 85, right around there. I, I don't think they go 90. I don't think they go in the 70s, though. I think they're right around the 80s. Do they finish second in the, in the West? Yes, the Padres aren't good enough yet. I agree. Um, for that reason, I think they're going over. Um, okay. I think they focus a little more on pitching in recent years. Freeland comes up. He's Freeland's really good. And um, obviously they're going to find hitting no matter like where they reach from in, in Colorado story, uh, Arenado, they have studs, Daniel Murphy, Daniel Murphy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Daniel Murphy's going to rake this year. Brendan Rogers is blocked. I think having those two bad teams in the division helps them a lot with the, with the over under on this. So I'm going over, but not by much, maybe 86 to 88. San Diego Padres, 78 and a half. I, this, this, this is a question with this team, right? You add Manny Machado. All the guys are coming up. This is the not the year, but this is the year before the year that we expect them to be pretty great, right? Yes, this is the pre-year. Could they turn into like an Oakland or Here, Phillies? So or... here's the question, though. Are they the Braves of 2018 or are they the Phillies of 2018 to where they have it? But they just don't finish it when it, when it comes to the Phillies, or do we think yeah, they're the Pirates? So, do they get they get started hot and then they just flake out at the All Star break? Yeah, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. I don't think they're the Braves. I think they're the Pirates and the Phillies. I think they're more the Pirates because they're going to start out hot and they have all these sexy names and like, oh, he's finally good. He's finally good. They finally figured it out. But then someone gets hurt. They don't have the depth, and you know, guys start to fall off a little bit and just have you know a little bit of a slump and. They just don't get there. I think next year they'll win over 80 games and they'll contend for that second wild card spot, especially if they could sign a free agent pitcher. But I don't think, the, I think under this year, I just don't think they're there yet. 78 and a half. I'm going I over. Can, 
I think they can go over. I can I see them as like a 500 team. If they if there was a third wild card spot, I think they get it. But we'll get to this later because I already have two wild card teams. That I mean, I think this team could win 85 games, 87 games, just because of the talent around them. It all depends on whether the young talent, guys like Chris Paddock, you know, guys like Tatis, Urias, Urias is a big one, Mejia. If these guys step up and the veterans around them, I'm predicting a huge bounce back from Eric Hosmer this year just because he's not the focus in that lineup anymore that Manny Machado is. I I think this this team could compete for the second wildcard spot for sure. Definitely not biased at all. (laughs) No, right? I think think they're a good team. They're just not there yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if they won 80 on the dot. But we'll see. This team, the next team that we're talking about, was riddled with injuries last year. Still won 92 games. The over-under is at 93.5. I don't think that they're nearly riddled as much this year with the injuries that they have. They also added a guy in A.J. Pollock who's pretty good at baseball. Not only stealing somebody from a division rival, but adding a pretty good outfielder as a consolation for not getting Bryce Harper on the short-term deal that you want. The Los Angeles Dodgers get Corey Seager back. Corey, uh, Cody, Cody Bellinger gets one more year of experience. Walker Bueller has a whole year up there. There's no way that this team doesn't win this division, correct? Team wins the division. Uh, I'm going to go under on the 93. Yeah, because they don't have to. Because they don't have to, and they have a lot of injuries starting out the start of the year. They are Kershaw out, Hill out. I mean, they have Ryu starting opening day with Walker Bueller going second. They have a lot of injuries still there. You have a guy like Corey Seager who's back, but coming off Tommy John, he's not going to be the same in the first couple months of the season. Justin Turner's got to stay healthy for the full year. He struggled with that last year. Bellinger has to learn to hit for average, unless he's going to pop 50 home runs. But I don't you know lose Puig happen. and Kemp. You lose Puig and Kemp. Yeah, we replace him with Pollock, but Pollock has to make up for both of them now. Kemp saved their season last year. They're so, still loaded they outfield, if we're being honest. They're still loaded. They still have a loaded team. They still load outfield. They're still in a bad division. The Padres aren't there yet. We just talked about them. Arizona and San Francisco are in rebuilds right now. They might have some stars like a Posey, Bumgarner, Joey Bart and, coming. Yeah, and those guys, but you know, they're not there yet. And Colorado is average, right? Maybe a little bit above average, I would say. So I think they win the division. I don't think they win 100 games. I think they end up winning 89 to 95, somewhere in that You don't mix, have to win 100 in the, AL, in the NL, though. No, you know, the NL's, the NL's weaker, and, you know, they also have the pitching spot, so the lineup's not as deep. And I think I go under, but they do the win. What was it at? 93? 93 and a half. I would go over. Um, there's, there's a ton of question marks in this, in this division. Two punching bags, two maybe wild card contenders, maybe not. Um, and they are too deep everywhere. Like last year, they lost so many ple- like so many players that are like prominent middle of the order guys. Kershaw has yet to be healthy in what three or four years, and these guys are still winning ninety plus games every year. Like it's nothing. The division's not going to challenge them that that much. The NLs, like as a whole, um, there's like four or five different rebuilding teams. Um, I think that. They can take advantage of it. I think they're going to win like 96, 97 games. I think that this is eerily similar to what the Indians are facing in the AL Central. You have a team that possibly could contend, but you have two teams that are absolutely just pushovers. I mean, could we agree on that? Yeah, 100%. I think the Indians are a great comp because I think the Indians win like 88 to 92 games this year and win a division by seven games yeah we're gonna get there in just a second let's go ahead and hop on to colton's favorite division the nl central 
Uh, let's start with the Pittsburgh Pirates before we get into the juicy stuff. I know I have a feeling that Dave's going over with this team. This is a team that won 82 games last year. Didn't lose anybody, really, if we're thinking about it. We get a whole year of Chris Archer. Jameson Tyon looks nasty. Uh, 77 and a half. I'm going over. Hammer the over. Hammer that over. Guys like Josh Bell, Adam Frazier, those guys are going to get better. Chris Archer out of the AL East, out of facing the Red Sox and Yankees all the time, specifically the Red Sox. That's going to do wonders for him. Tyon looks like a legit ace. And they do have the not-so-lucky factor of playing in probably the second-best division in baseball. I'd say maybe the, the AL East is better just because oh, Red Sox and AL East is better than this division. You think the NL East is? Yeah. Well, the NL East on paper is, yeah, right? right? But I, th- I think they got to prove it where you saw the Phillies fall off last year in Washington, lost Bryce Harper, even though they got Corbin, but we'll get into that. But I think this is a very good division. I think they're the pushover teams are starting to fight back, back now, which would be Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But I go over big time. I, I really like Pittsburgh here. I would go over just because the roster as a whole has been built with guys who who wouldn't like accept a team being a pushover team. Like they're always going to fight. They're, they're always going to be the team that when, it, when somebody comes into Pittsburgh, that's won like 10 straight, they'll take two of three for no reason. And they'll win like the three to one. They're constant pains in the asses to the Cubs. Um, they play not, the division very well. Yeah, they really do. They like, I just think like as a whole, as a, a mentality for that clubhouse, they are just too tough to like be a, a, a 60 win 65 win team um i think they're always going to be around 500 uh so i'm going over uh cincinnati reds this is a team that i know that dave and i don't agree on uh no. the team that won 67 games last year the over under is actually at a flat 79 i'm going over this team isn't that much better than it was last year and i understand the acquisitions of yasiel puig and matt kemp yasiel puig is is a park factor you know, you just he brings in fans so that those fans actually have something to cheer for besides Joey Votto, who, as spectacular as a baseball player is, to an outside fan, he's pretty boring. You also have Scooter Jeanette. It depends, again, if the young guys like Suarez, you know, guys like that step up Peraza, then they're going to be pretty good. But otherwise than that, I don't think that this team wins 79 games. I don't know how you get to 79 games being in this division. Because somebody has to take the licks. Yeah, I love the Reds this year. I think they made great, great bounce back. I think they made great picks. Guys are going to have bounce back seasons like Sonny Gray. I said on multiple other podcasts that they're going to win 80 on the dot. I still think that. I will say that, though, for the over under right now, it doesn't look great because of Scooter Garnett. And I think him being like a two to three war player kind of shows like, okay, like if I'm thinking 80 when everybody was perfectly healthy and they already lost Garnett for 12 weeks or 10 weeks, whatever it was. That's a long time. That's a couple extra losses of him not hitting a couple home runs or hitting a couple doubles. So, you know, as of right now with that, I would have to probably go under just because of Gannett being out. But I, I do that this team wins 80. So, yeah, I talked myself back into it. Fuck it. They're going to win 80 over 80 on the dot. They're going to go 80 and 82. Um, I'm going under. I just don't think the, the guys that they brought in are the guys to take them from the punching bag to be in the 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 scrappy 80 85 win that some people have him as uh, projected um i think there are um teams in this in this division that they play way too many games against teams that are the are big supposed three. to win yeah no like, yeah no they they play a lot of good teams i don't think yeah. they win 85 to 88 and finish better than the cubs like some of those idiots are saying but they won 67 last year 
I think just getting Puig alone gives you a couple wins and throwing Wood a couple times, throwing a good gem here and there. Sonny Gray coming back, throwing a couple. I think they can get up to 75 80. I'm going to double down on what I said during the Red Show. This is a 74 win baseball team. 74 wins. I was going to say minimum 75. I think 75 to 80 is a good number for them. And that's a good improvement to go from 67 and having nothing to going to having, they have a legitimate lineup now. Like right. Puig, Suarez, Vado, and Gannett. Like that's legit. Yeah. They, they have, I'd say they made some of the best moves in the off season. Um, Cause they were the bottom of the barrel, bottom of the worst. And now it's respectable. But if they were in the AL central, uh, I think they oh, they'd be, be contending with the Cubs in the AL Central. I oh, mean, yeah. the, the the Indians. Sorry, yeah. Cleveland. But this team, this uh, this division is just way too many solid to above average on a consistent basis team. Just full of players that are not let the Reds um, come close to that. I'm going to pound the under on this one. Let's go to the Milwaukee Brewers, the reigning NL Central champions, because of a one game playoff that the Chicago Cubs can't seem to play in. 86 and a half for a 96 win baseball team last year. There's still no rotation. The bullpen is phenomenal and could get even better if they sign Craig Kimbrell because we know that this podcast will age greatly, right? Um, right. I'm going over for the simple fact that I don't think this team is 10 games worse at 86 and a half as opposed to the 96 last year than they were last year. Am I wrong to think that? No, it's it's a good number for Vegas because it's one of those things like, man, if they said 80, I'd say over. But if they said 87, I'd say under, right? Where it's right. like around there. What's the number again? 86 and a half. They won 96 last year. In 96 last year. So are they 10 games worse? No. But are they a 92 win team? 89, also, no, I'm right? thinking. 89, 90? Yeah. I think they finish over at 88 wins. Yeah. Um, this is a perfect number for Vegas. I would say it's it's... If there could be a push with the half game gone, it would be 86, 87 wins. Might even win the uh, division um, in theory, but obviously I have the, they have no pitching. Like obviously they have a dominant bullpen. No starters. Dude, their starters are wild. I live in, in Milwaukee here and people are going nuts that Jimmy Nelson's coming back. Congrats, dude. Jimmy Nelson's sick. Like he's, he's a good pitcher, but he's not. Everyone's like, dude, Jimmy Nelson. This this whole rotation is finally like getting where it's supposed to be. We're going back to like 95 wins. I this starting rotation blows, and I feel like they were they were a relatively healthy team last year with their main cogs. Um, I do like Grindall a lot, which kind of sucks, but I I think just by the law of averages, I always believe in baseball injuries are going to catch up to you. You're going to get a big name gone for a few months. Yelich like single handedly carried them to wins in their um last month of the season it was wild what he was doing so I, that's stretch if, man if he does it again I'll, I'll be the first one to say i was wrong but i don't think he can he's a great player though i love him this is a team that's going to finish right behind the second wild card team for me i think this is like an 89 88 win team when the wild card spot i think is going to be at 91 92 yeah i mean if they make a good move at the deadline they could they could definitely push it though yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think they just need to add one more good starter. Um, if they do get Kimbrel, that bullpen's one filthy. more good starter. A good starter. All um, the good starters. But yeah, if they add Kimbrel, it's going to be pretty easy to make that rotation stretch to five, six innings a game. I've never seen rota- a team neglect what they need so much in an off season than what the Brewers just did. Besides what the Red Sox did. Yeah, besides the bullpen. 
with the Sox, but we look at that with a magnifying glass. I mean, I felt like it's a well-known thing that the Brewers don't have any starting pitching. And yeah, it is well-known. The GM failed to address that this offseason at all. Yeah, even bringing back like Gio Gonzalez would have been nice. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the Chicago Cubs at 88.5. They won 95 games last year and were a wild-card team because the aforementioned one-game playoff that did not go their way. Uh, 88.5 for the Chicago Cubs. What are we thinking here? I know what Colton thinks. Colton thinks they're going to win the division. Colton thinks that they're going to somehow win the World Baseball Classic if they can even get into it because that's what Colton does. Colton picks the Cubs. Somehow? Don't act like it's, it's like impossible. Fuck you. Keep going. All right, so 88.5, I'm going over. I think that this is a wild card team because the one team that we haven't talked about yet who made sure that they addressed problems in the offseason is going to win this division. Uh, Chris Bryant, comeback player of the year, as we've discussed before in this podcast. I think the Cubs are going to be very good. I think Kyle Hendricks and Cole Hamels both compete for the Cy Young Award this year. And then you have John Lester, of course. I think over and... I think they win the division. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I do. And and let me say it like this. I think they win the division by a game. Or And, and I think it's more of a push because I also think the Cardinals can. I think it's going to be last week of the season, 95 wins to 94, 96 to 94, 95, something like that. The reason is that the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter single-handedly saved them last year. If he doesn't do that, those other guys don't get going where I think that they're going to have some guys that might not come out of the gate as strong. I don't know if Goldschmidt's going to come out and hit 35 home runs and have 115 RBIs. It's a little bit of a hot take, I guess, just to be a little different. I'll say it's the Cubs, but I think the Cubs go over on that big time. I think they go right right around 95 wins, and if the Cardinals shit their pants, they'll win the division. If the Cardinals play the way they should, they'll win over 100 games. The Cardinals easily should win 100, 102, 103 games. But they might not. I think the Cubs win 95, 94, and basically just sit there. Is that good enough to win a division? Yes, it is. Is it good enough to win this division? It was last year, right? Right around that number. So 96, 95 games. Yeah, so right around that. So I think they can do it based off. I think the Cubs will be at 95 no matter what. I think the Cardinals could be at 93 or they could be 103. So seven of the last 10 games for the Cubs and Cardinals are against each other of the season. And it was that's like that last year, too. That's awesome. I love And it that. is awesome. I love that, too. I wish the Red Sox and Yankees played cards get, seven of the last time that, too. The cards get Arizona in between that. Let's find out exactly who the Cubs get, because that could be that little series in between could be a big factor. Huge why you factor. Look, Pittsburgh. Yeah, why you look that up? I will, oh, Pittsburgh? Fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, tough. Exactly. See, that's tough. God. Colton, what do you think? I mean, obviously, you think they're going to win the division and stuff. How many games do you think they're actually going to win? I think this is a legit... 94 to 97 win team and with this division being as tough as tough as it is with everyone beating each other up i think this wins the division the cubs so correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure i've done zero research and i'm wrong all the time but jose quintana has gotten cy young votes before in the al right correct he's he was really good with chicago like people kind of forget how good he was and darvish was really good in texas he never recovered mentally or physically from the Dodgers loss in game seven of the World Series, but that was a long time ago. He's physically healthy now. He's going to have a bounce back year along with um, who we just said that I'm blanking on his name. Kyle Hamels. And no, no, not Hendricks. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. Cole Hamels, John Lester. Cole, the other guy. Darvish. 
No, you just said his name. Quintana. Quintana. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The one guy. Why would why would Lester or them have a bounce back? I don't know. Like, don't, we were don't just know. going through the rotation. You just said Quintana's yeah. name like 30 seconds ago. That's why I said the guy you just said. All right, guys. So Quintana has a we bounce back. We're off the rails here. here. Yeah, yeah, Colton. You're, you're fucking up our whole show. Let's talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. Yo. Oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even talk about the Cubs. I said like three words. Wow. <laughs> Finish your thought. If you guys will shut the hell up, I can finish my thought. <laughs> Let's go. I was going to say... Are the Cubs the only team in baseball where their whole five uh, starting rotation has had Cy Young votes in the past? Uh, yeah. I would I would put my money on yes. So obviously, yes. Father Time's catching up. Everyone's a year older. Hamels and Lester are getting up there in age. But these guys have been there before. They've had success bef- um, for like a whole season. This starting rotation, I think, is just getting shit on for no reason. How many Cy Young awards do they have? Well, there's a, there's a reason. I mean, half the half the half the rotation blew last year yeah but but sort of the lineup everything blew and everyone's saying cubs blew this cubs blew that and they won 95 games last year without chris bryant basically and now you darvish is coming back if he has a average year that's better than than what we got last year um we have mike montgomery if anybody goes down we have the arms to have depth if these guys get injured we, we don't have to have them throw 200 innings we just need 170 from these guys and this rotation is awesome. I'm loving the lineup. We actually sent down Ian Happ to the minors to start the year. And I love that move because Albert Almora Jr. is one of the most like hidden gems in baseball, I believe. This guy is a stud. He's a gold glover. He can hit 280. Um, he's had he's had pops in the in the past where he hits like like 20 home runs. That's a guy to keep your eye on. Love the Cubs. Fuck the Cardinals. Go on with the Cardinals. Fuck you, Austin. St. Louis Cardinals, the NL Central 2019 division champs. Uh, this is a team that didn't neglect what they needed in the offseason. They realized that they needed a first baseman that wasn't Jose Alberto Martinez. And they went and got the best first baseman in baseball not named Joey Votto. I mean, you have Paul Goldschmidt, who's a perennial MVP candidate, and actually my NL MVP pick for the year. You know, the Christian Yelich effect moving from team to team, new environment. But... This is a team that I expect Marcelo Zuna to be better than they were than he was the year before. Matt Carpenter, you get a full season of salsa Matt Carpenter, hopefully. Uh, you have Dave's guy Carlos Martinez there. Alex Reyes, Love who that. has great rookie of the year odds for being a super rook like he is. I don't see how this team isn't good and doesn't win 90 games. You know, they're, they won 88 games last year, and they, the over-under is 88 and a half here. And they got tremendously better. Yeah, they go over for sure. If those guys can't come out of the gate and actually perform like a Goldschmidt and Ozuna can bounce back, you know, guys like Carlos Martinez can get healthy and stay healthy and have a good year. Reyes can pitch the whole year or, you know, half the year even. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely Michaelis. win 98 games, 100. Michaelis, exactly. It's just if they can do it, Jack Flaherty as well. On paper, they should do it. But this team could be like a Red Sox team of a few years ago when they'd win low 90s and then get bounced in the playoff and embarrassed. You could see that happening too. Hammer the over for sure. This team's going to win at least 90 games. Yeah, the over looks nice. Um, I forgot how good they were after they uh, changed managers last year. 69 and 40, or no, 41 and a 28. That's pretty damn good for a team that was basically dead in the water last year. They were it just shows you how the much they hated Matheny. Dude, Matheny's terrible. They got him out. Um, can you guys name their manager? I didn't even know his name until I just looked it up. For being nope. honest, no. Mike Schill. Yep. Oh, yeah. Had that written down for sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. I have a tattoo yep. of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't know that dude's name. And they were he was going to be a temp guy, 
but now he's going to be the guy. Yeah. So hopefully, um, he was a he was originally going to be a temp guy for a reason. Hopefully, he blows. Hopefully, this this team blows up and just falls apart. I don't see it happening. Um, and I do like the over. Uh, I like what you guys were saying about Cubs Cardinals down the stretch. It's going to be ninety four. 95 90 win um team that wins this division and i think the cardinals are gonna be right there with the and i have so many cardinals demons in my past and this blows i really don't like it it gives me a, a queasy feeling but cardinals are gonna definitely hit that over so our division champions i have the cardinals and both you'll have the cups correct yes do either yeah, one of y'all think cups. that the cardinals are a wild card team oh yeah Okay. Oh, they're making the playoffs. The gotcha. Cubs and the Cardinals are making the playoffs. Yeah, they're both making so we're the all in agreement there. Win, they, yeah. There's two playoff teams in this division, not three. Yes, there is. Yes. Let's talk about a division that some consider to be the best in the NL, definitely on paper. I mean, I think we can agree on that one, right? Yeah, 100% on paper. With no performance so far, they're the best in the NL. Uh, there's a couple of the weird teams in here. There's one that I'm really high on, one that I'm biasedly high on, and... Uh, the punching bag that is the Miami Marlins. So let's go ahead and start with Miami Marlins. 63 and a half. Projected to win 63 again this year. I'm going to actually take the over because I think they win like 65. So it's not a hard over, but it is an over nonetheless. That's exact. I was literally going to say the exact number 65 over just because of that. If the over under was 65, I'd take 65 and a half. I would take the under. Yeah, I like I like the over too. It's tough to bet the under when it's that. Wait till we get to Baltimore. Yeah, Baltimore. They'll they'll hit the over too though. Guys, I am looking at their lineup right now for Miami. This is brutal. Not, Curtis Granderson, Louis Brinson, Castro, breakout player Brian, though. Brian Anderson, Neil Walker's their four hitter. That's gross. It's not good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm liking I'm liking the over. There's not much else to say. This team sucks. The emergence of Victor Victor Mesa eventually will help this team a lot, I think. Plus, you, uh, this team's so bad, at the end of the year, we could see our guy Tommy Eveld on the Major League roster and possibly closing games. What? Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, where do we want to go next? Do we want to go with the New York Mets? Yeah. Let's go, let's go with yeah. the Brody squad. 77 games last year. They're at 85 and a half this year. That is ridiculous. This, like, I get it. This team is better. This team's not going to win 86 games, right? Nope. Under. Yeah, under. Wilson. I mean, yeah. you add Wilson Ramos. You also add Robinson Cano, guys like that, because... Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz, who is the best closer in baseball, in my opinion. Yep. I mean, I get that. The bullpen's shirt up. The rotation's great. I don't think that there is a reason that this team should be bad. But they're the Mets. But it's the Mets. Exactly. They're the Mets. They never stay healthy. And that's their big thing. They never stay healthy and then the Mets. So I see Cano taking some time off. I see Syndergaard getting hurt for not long, but a little bit. Matt Wheeler, one of those guys. Cespedes. It just worked out. Cespedes is a non-factor in my mind. I mean, they didn't yeah, get feel... any big outfielders. Like, I think everybody thought they were going to. I think everybody thought that they were zeroing in on Pollock. Didn't get him. You get Wilson Ramos, who's a huge upgrade from Darnold at the catcher position. So that's good. But, I mean, you're big on Peter Alonso's, Dave. What do you think about him this year? And does he affect the win total at all? I was just going to say, I think he helps. I think they have to have a, a almost perfectly healthy year. For them to hit 86, 87 this games. This is an 80-win baseball team. 
this is an 80 to 85 win team. I just don't think it's an 85 to 90 win team, especially with their division. This is a good over under, by the way. This is another good over under for Vegas because if everyone stays healthy, they'll hit it. And if everyone doesn't, if people start to break off, they'll miss it by a little bit. Everybody's high on them because of the offseason, too. So, yeah, yeah I think. Exactly. I think I think the Mets are similar to the Reds, where people are just used to terrible moves or just no moves at all. Shout out Brody. The, the fact that they made three or four, like, oh damn, that's a really good move. That doesn't mean that they're going to win that many games. I definitely see these guys being 500 or below. Whoa! Um, so I'm taking the under. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the more interesting teams. A team that everybody right now is high on, but I'm not, is the gutted Washington Nationals. Can somebody explain to me why everybody thinks that the Nationals are going to be that much better this year after losing a top 10 player in baseball? Because Bryce Harper didn't... Bryce Harper's money and position with their prospects coming up and everything like that, and his energy there, minus the whole you know great home run derby moment, wasn't really that great. Harper had a down year there average-wise, and he still hit for power, but power when they weren't contending anymore. And that's not a Bryce, not a not a knock against Harper. It's just it is what it is. I love their pitching lineup. I think Corbin as a three is unbelievable. They're a team like the Mets where if they can stay healthy, they'll do it. But Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin is nasty. I like Doolittle in the pen. Another guy has problems staying healthy. He was hurt last year. Soto, Turner, um, Robles, love them. Rosenthal, Carter Keyboom can make a factor a little bit. I love yeah. Trey Turner. What? Huge Trey Turner love guy. Trey Turner. Big Trey Turner guy. What's their over under? Uh, eighty-eight and a half. So that's a huge 88 number. Eighty-eight and a half. Uh, they also have two catchers that can hit, and by hit, I hit the hit bombs, which is Jan Gomes and Kurt Suzuki, I believe, right? Yeah. Stealing. So they went out and they, yeah, they went out and addressed starting pitching, which they needed another depth guy, and they got a really good depth guy. They needed. A catcher. They went and got two last year, Suzuki and now Gomes. They went and replaced Harper with um uh with prospects, which is fine. I mean, that, that outfield's gonna be what Robles, Soto, Eaton. Yeah, which I'll is really that. good. Yeah, that's really good. And you look at that outfield and you go look at some of the better outfields in baseball, it's up there, especially if these young guys like come out of the gate hot. I think they can win 90 games. I'm going to go over. I think this team's good. I think the Mets aren't going to be as good as people say. I think that Miami sucks. And with those two teams right there, they can beat up on them a little bit as long as some other teams. I think they can do it. I think they hit 90. I don't, I just, I mean, you and Saunders are both really high on this team. I don't see how they get, I don't see the path to 90 games in this division. Well, what were they last year? 80 82. wins? 82. They're a better baseball team than they were last year, right? Right. So are they just five wins better? I think they're like three wins better. So you, you all, see, I think they're like much better than three wins. But I think Corbin alone gets you five wins. Yeah, I love the uh, Corbin. It's good that we disagree. Corbin right move. I love. Like honestly, I'm looking at at their lineup right now, and there's there's honestly nowhere where you're like, oh, that's that's a weakness. They're all good and they're all solid. And that that one, two, three in the uh, rotation is. That's that's gonna be really cool to watch if if Strasburg can stay healthy. He's filthy. Scherzer's honestly he's taken over as Kershaw's. I think the best of our of our generation for he's fucking monster. Love Verlander. Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. The uh, the second Verlander half. took a couple off years though. Scherzer hasn't taken an off year. That's true. 
I, I think Serge, I, I agree with you. I think Serge is taking over. I think it was Kershaw for a while, and and Scherzer was like knocking at the door, and they were like, well, if, if he keeps doing it, maybe like five more years. But Kershaw's so much younger. But Kershaw hasn't been able to stay healthy. Scherzer has, and Ver- Verlander was done in Detroit. Like, reinvented himself. Kind of forget, he wasn't great at his last couple of years there. He was and throwing was either, like eighty-seven. Yeah, it was either he reinvented himself, maybe he got a little more motivation, maybe he. The Tigers had to pay the Astros win. to take him. Yeah, exactly. Like it wasn't like you know Serger now being like, oh, gets traded to the Red Sox. It's like, oh shit, wow, Max Scherzer's here. No, it was like, oh well, Justin Verlander, that's a good piece. Like he's not what he used to be, but man, he's a veteran. He he can win you a game here or there for you. So you know, not really anymore. How he's, he's back to it. Is the are the Nationals a wild card team in y'all's eyes? Are they a wild card team? Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. They'll they'll contend for the uh, the division. Yeah, I agree. I think I I think they can actually win this division. So I, I think winning, you've got to be low on the I Phillies. Am... Yeah. Okay, I'm not. Yeah. I'm lower on the Phillies than I am the Nationals. Yeah, no, yeah, we're the opposite. Same here. here. I I think the Phillies have a lot of really good pieces, and every time I look, I I forget about the Gene Segura move or the JT Realmuto move, and then they got Bryce Harper. Uh, but I think I think the Nationals are just so they're just so good. Like everywhere I look, they're just like, oh damn, like he's good. He has a good year. He has a good year. A down year. The floor for all of these players is just higher to me than the floor for the Phillies players. If the, if that makes sense. No, I, I think it makes sense. I I view this these two teams like the Cubs and Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals have a better a better team than the Cubs, and, and I think the that Braves? the Phillies. I think the Braves take a step back. Gonna, I think we'll, guys we'll like Newcomb and Fulte, I think they take a step back. But I view it like that with those teams where I think that the better roster is in Philly. I think the better roster is in St. Louis. But they have to hold up to those expectations and do it all year. And that's hard to do. Well, let's go ahead Yankees, and segue into the Phillies then. They're sitting at 89 and a half. This is a team that addressed every problem that they had. They went out and, and got the number one free agent on the market. They went out and got the most valuable trade asset on the market, got one of the best and most underrated players in baseball in Gene Segura, and are fielding a lineup that is absolutely ridiculous, man. I mean, I think that I'd put that lineup up against just about anybody. They won 80 games last year after the flake out last year. What do we think? I'm going over, and I'm actually picking them to win the East. It's a good it's a good number for Vegas again because I could see them stuttering out of the gate a little bit and right. finishing at like it just takes one month to decide when exactly. But I'm gonna go over as well. I think the two wild card teams are gonna come from the East and the Central. I think it's either gonna be the Cubs and Cardinals. I think it's gonna be Philly and Washington. And I think my odd team out in both of those are the Brewers and Atlanta. So both both division winners last year. Yes. All right, Colton. Yeah, um, I like I just said I like the Phillies. Phillies and Nationals are going to be super close. I think the, the winner of who's ever healthy, because um, I'm looking at this at this Phillies lineup and it's honestly making it move. Like there's some no, their lineup's really good, but I will say their starting pitching is a little suspect, right? You got yeah. Jake Arrieta who has is to kind of turn into like Zach Greinke, where it's every other year, right? And then you have Nola who's legit, and after that it's like. You Vincent know, Velasquez. Can we talk about the fact Velasquez. that Cole has like a shot to make this rotation? Cole and Cole's another guy that can help that can come up and help, especially if someone gets hurt or struggles. But their pitching lineup 
doesn't like go it doesn't make me go wow it doesn't stack up against philly and uh washington is what you're saying yeah oh 100 i i don't i don't think it, i don't think it matches up there so uh, that's why I think that they are going to be closer than people think to these teams. I don't think they go out and win 108 like the Red Sox last year, but their lineup's going to crush. It's going to mash. They're in a, a, friend, a friendly hitter ballpark. They're going to win 90 games. I just think Washington also wins 90 games. This is a team that I think at the deadline, right, will take a very, very hard look at Madison Bumgarner. They'll take a hard look at whatever they, they need. Lefties. Whatever, whatever they need. If they need, if their pitching is just rolling. And they get a guy like Cole to come up and give them good, you know, good innings. If Arietta continues to be like a Cy Young candidate, then yeah, they're fine with pitching. Maybe they go and get a big bullpen piece too. I mean, they added Robertson, but Robinson, as he throws very hard, right? But Robinson could have went to a lot of places. A lot of teams needed a closer. Even like the Yankees when Chapman was struggling, it wasn't Robinson that was the closer. So. You know, Robinson still has to prove he can go out there and close 30 to 40 games this year. All right, let's, uh, I have the over on the Phillies. Do we all have the over on the Phillies? What's yes. the number at? Uh, 89, 89 and a half. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the over. I just think that they were, they improved that much more than the Mets did. They improved that much more than Washington did and didn't lose any big pieces. No, they didn't. I agree completely. Uh, a team that just sat around and basically did nothing the entire offseason is the Atlanta Braves. And it's kind of making me rethink everything when it comes down to this, right? And it kind of makes me want to think that maybe the maybe the Brewers are going to be the second wildcard team. Because the Braves didn't do anything to address what they needed this offseason. They had the opportunity to trade for JT Ruomito, didn't pull the trigger. They had the opportunity to go out and sign a big name that isn't Josh Donaldson, who can't throw to first base at the third base position. And we don't know if he can hit anymore. We don't. I think. I think the hitting will be back. I think that'll be fine. But I think that just defensively, he's a liability. I mean, this is a team that, what well, mind you, Donaldson is definitely an upgrade from last year. Uh, no disrespect to Johan Camargo, he's one of the more underrated people. But it didn't seem like the team wanted to keep him there. Uh, full season of Gosman, full season of Fultonevich. I think Mike Soroka comes up and has a huge year. Same with Tuki Gosman's Toussaint. hurt to start the year though. Yeah. Well, it, here's the thing, right? There's so many young arms in that in that system, right? It's a lot like the Padres. It's plug and play. Kyle Wright can come up. We can have everybody like that. Yeah, no, I, I, it is definitely plug I'm and play. I'm still convinced they're going to win a wild card spot. I just worry that a lot of those and guys, I, I think Fultz and Newcom take a step back, and that means a guy like Kyle or Tucson need to take a step up. I think Donaldson is going to turn into Batista 2.0. It sounds great on paper. He's quote unquote healthy, but his body's going to break down playing third base again. I don't think he bats 270, 280. I think he has some pop here and there, but bats around 220, 240, around that that ballpark, under 250. Anyways, an easier way of saying it. And they had a lot of other guys just get ready and go. Obviously, I think they have some nasty guys. Acuna is legit. Albies is is legit as well. I think their pitching state takes a step back. I hate their bullpen. I think their bullpen's brutal, and I think they go under. I think they finish closer to 500 this year. Agreed. Um, I'm not big on the Braves. I love Fulte, like I said, in the Cy Young portion, but I'm not on young arms until I see it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at like projecting pitching. Um, I, I don't like that. It's, it's crazy that we're talking about the Braves Freeman's name. He's got to be – him and Votto have to be the two most underrated players in baseball. Oh, so underrated. I love Freddie Freeman. Gene Segura. 
Oh yeah, Gene Shigeru is another guy. I mean, that division just has like like dark horse MVPs written all over it. So Freddie Freeman's the man. Acuna's the real deal. You got guys like Marquez and McCann who aren't, I guess, what they used to be. But Marquez made the All Star game last year, right? Correct. It's just good. Yeah, good pieces, and you need that. Yeah. Like you look at the Yankees, you look at the Red Sox. They have those guys. You know, look at Houston. Verlander is not a piece, but the veteran. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they're those are a year ahead of schedule last year. Yes, yeah. they were, and that's why I think they kind of mellow out again and kind of finish then around next 500. Year? Next, yes, because here's why I think what happens. I think they they pull a Phillies this year and they even out around 500, and then they go into the the free agency next year and they say, okay, what went wrong? Well, we stayed the same. Our development isn't as thought as fast as we thought, and guys in our division got better. So we can't beat the bad teams like the Mets anymore. The Mets are 500. Phillies are really good. Washington actually got better after after losing Bryce Harper, and Miami's just gaining prospects. We need to make a move, and they'll make a move. All right, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, I have, I have the under there. All right, so we we go. I go over. Y'all go under. Under for Atlanta. Yep. So yep. when we talk about the NL champion, who do we think is going to be the NL champion? I can read y'all odds real quick. Just give me a team that you think could possibly win it, and I'll give you the odds for them. Your Chicago Cubs, I guess you could say. 11 to 2. Love it. Book it. Uh, um, I agree. Let's go. What are the Cardinals at? 7 to 1. I think it goes down between the Cardinals and Cubs, and I think the Phillies just miss out. Miss out. What are the Phillies, though, just for curiosity? 11 to 2. Same as the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Cubs and Cardinals. I think it comes out of that division. I picked the Chicago Cubs to be a wild card team. When it comes down to October, I mean, guys need to step up. And I think the Chicago Cubs players will step up. I think the Cubs actually win the NL. Didn't you just fucking make fun of me for saying the Cubs are going to make the World Series? I did. Piece of shit. Yeah. I, I, I think it goes down to Cubs or Cardinals. Obviously, wouldn't be surprised if it was Washington or, or Philly. But Washington just has loser written all over it. They couldn't get it done when they have everything going before that. And Philly... You know, is it all going to work out? Are the egos going to be put aside? Are the manager getting along with the players going to do well? Can they handle Philly fans? You know, a lot of things like that. So I go, it's out of the central. I think it's Cardinals or Cubs. It comes down to this, right? If you're in the playoffs and you have to pick one person to pitch a game, I'm picking John Lester. I'm picking John Lester. And you know what? I'll take Kyle Hendricks after that, too. And then Cole Hamels. And then, yeah, I mean, one, two, three, that kind of rotation in October in a full series and not just, you know, a one game wild card, then anything will go wrong, even though I do think that they win the wild card game this year. They so, will not win the wild card game. They can't do that. They don't know how. <laughs> that would suck. 